Cynic Empowerment. Welcome, everyone. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. And I'm Tim Carpenter. Welcome, everyone. Uh, so today, uh, we are going to be talking about a topic that is very old, but is also relatively recent. In fact, recent enough that both of us were alive when this particular thing ended. That's true. So I know that uh, it's going to be a little bit of a a bummer, uh, as a lot of our topics are, but we need to give this topic as justice, just as many as a just as much as we have many other cynical topics in the past. So get ready. Here it comes. We're going to be talking about the apartheid. Not any old tide, an apartheid. Yeah. (laughs) So I went to Google and I researched uh, apartheid. Uh, And I spelled it incorrectly, of course, because I had never typed that into Google before. Shame on me. You're not just like searching apartheid on Google every spare chance you get? Well, I do sometimes, but as a well-to-do, privileged white male in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, grew up in the 90s, uh, mm-hmm. it's not really something that's a, that's a big problem in my life in particular. So it's not like I'm like, uh, how to change my oil or something. It's, it's something that's a, a little bit in the background, uh, but still recent enough that apparently the apartheid actually ended within our lifetimes. Well, what year were you born? Uh, 92. 92. So most certainly. Uh, I think a lot of people mentioned that the apartheid ended in 1994. Is that correct? Yes. That, from what I understand, is the date people were like, all right, it's done. Yeah. Uh, Bye-bye. So, so when, we were, when we were little baby people, we could be like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. The apartheid has ended, and all of the problems of racial segregation in South Africa just kind of disappear, right? Yeah, it's solved. <laughs> it's fixed now, guys. They don't have to worry about it. Much like in the United States, ever since the Emancipation Proclamation, it was just like, yay, everything's fixed. That's right, because once you make a law, then all the people who are citizens that are being ruled over by said law are, are just going to agree with it right they're just totally going to be down with whatever's happening and everything's well, going to be hunky dory i will actually i will make the argument that the uh apartheid uh ending 1994 and like the emancipation proclamation actually i won't even i'll, I'll push it forward i will say uh, i will say the civil rights act getting signed in i would say that more progress of like equality or whatever happened after Apartheid ended 1994, then the then uh, the civil rights uh, law getting uh, enacted in the United States. Because you got to think about it. Not only did it end, but now they had a black man, you know, from the place as president, right? Like yeah. that's that's like a huge game changing move. Yeah. Uh, in in even the uh, the National Party, which I, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, in a little bit, mm. which is kind of the party that. Uh, set in motion uh, apartheid and a lot of the awful legislation uh, against blacks and non-whites in South Africa. Yep. They were disbanded in year like 2000. So like just imagine. What? what? They were still what? around? The National Party? Yeah, the, right. They were. They just but, disintegrate? Oh my God. They, 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 they just disintegrated. Like imagine if the Republican Party just disintegrated. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's. 
comparable in some <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> I, no in, in this case i guess in some ways it's not because you know parties lines change over time you know the democrats were the racist party for a long time republicans you know it, it's, yeah. it's complicated it's completely different it doesn't things. matter yeah it, 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 yeah it's labels and stuff it, it but like just imagine like but in general just on the basis of it like just imagine a major party in the united states dying i guess in our system there's only two so if one went away it's kind of unfathomable to think but yeah so the party but over there the, the, <laughs> the green party's on its way up <laughs> it's it just i don't know it's just insane to think that like uh, pretty much overnight like the 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 institution that created all these problems like died and not to say there's not still problems over there as there are every place but uh it's getting better they're doing good good and good that's right. And these problems are everywhere. In fact, if you just do a quick search about, you know, racial segregation policies across the world, there's uh, enough to make you sick. Right. Uh, there's, there's quite a few. Not to mention, if we wanted to be a little ethnocentric about this, a shit ton in the United States yeah. uh, for a very long time. So people, even, even though uh, some of our listeners might be a little bit younger – you should still know that the United States is one of the primary transgressors of having racial segregation and institutionalized racism. Right, you got a redlining. Uh, we can still see the ramifications of a lot of these things today. So a lot of ways, it's still not fixed. Yeah, that's. But we're going to be talking about the apartheid today, yeah. uh, which focuses in in South Africa. Yes. Uh, so, what do you do? You want to do? You want to give them a summary of what the apartheid basically was? Uh, that's a big summary. I was gonna. Uh, it, it is a big summary, <laughs> and, and I guess I, I guess we could start with the principle of Boskop. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't even know it's that is. two a two s's and a k a p on the end. So Boskop, mm-hmm. I, I guess it translates directly to white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a, a government association. You actually mentioned them just a, a moment ago. The National Party. Yeah. Who promoted this idea of boss cop in order to repress a, a majority black population, which uh, unfortunately led to uh, a lot of institutionalized racism. So to look at this apartheid from a historical standpoint, so you've got Southern Africa, which was a colony, uh, you know, colonized by the Dutch. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Dutch. The Dutch for quite a while, yep. and that was basically they're like, hey, we have this like. Uh, East India Trading Company, wouldn't it be sweet if we had like this place we could stock up on random bullshit at the bottom of Africa when we went over there so we could make shit tons of money? And yep. so that's what they did. And then there was a brief time where there was British people there. It was like a British colony like after that. And then essentially what happened is prior to or World War II and World War II was going up, they're like, hey... Why don't we, like, go and help and stuff? This is, like, bad. And, like, the British people are like, yeah, let's go and help. And the Afrikaans or Vor people or whatever the hell they're called, the Dutch people that were there, they were like, no, we don't want to help. So all these, like, British people and stuff, like, left to go and help. And then so all these black people came into the white towns and were doing these jobs that the whites weren't there to do. And then the National Party was like, look, there's all these black people. Let's start apartheid. And that's what they did in 1948, the same year as the uh, when the U.N. convention made the genocide bad. So in part of the world, we're saying genocide's bad. 
And then in South Africa, we're saying, hey, let's separate people. Now, the, the 1948 general election is when most people agree that the, the apartheid actually started because the National Party rose to power. But the first law of apartheid was the Prohibition of Mixed Marriages Act in 1949, which, as you might assume, uh, prevented people of different ethnicities from being married. Um, not so different from some of the segregation laws in the United States in the 1950s. Uh, so that seemed to be uh, an important time around the world uh, where a lot of these countries were internationally communicating uh, you know, whatever type of equivalent Jim Crow law that was just floating around all over the place. Um, let's see. Uh, and then right after that, we have the Immorality Act, uh, which prohibited uh, sex between whites and blacks. So if you're not getting married, I guess they had to take it one step further. They had to further try to push themselves into the bedroom like of these people. Someone, so it's like, Can't. hey, I found a loophole. I'm just going to have sex with this woman and not marry her. And they're like, damn it. Yes. They got around I it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why, why buy the cow and you can get the milk for free? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. So I was reading around some. Uh, I think it was a, a Reddit post uh, where we one of the original poster was asking uh, people to tell of their experiences with apartheid, uh, and one in particular stuck out to me, uh, especially in relation to the Prohibition of Mixed Marriages Act, in which as a young child. Uh, this person was told to uh, always answer that uh, the person who was living across the street who happened to be uh, of uh, of a darker complexion was indeed a maid and not necessarily the spouse of the person who was also living in that house, um, which is kind of a weird thing. Like obviously it's something that a child is not going to understand. And like, well, why the hell do I have to tell them that it's a maid? Like that doesn't that doesn't necessarily make sense. And yet how how do you explain it to a child? How do you explain racism to a child? Yeah, it's definitely uh, hard to do. Uh, I mean, but kids do what they're told, right? They're little malleable little little clay. Uh, yeah. You can beat them into little little racist pieces of shit, um, just like you can you can try to take advantage of uh, whatever type of fears and discomforts the population in mass might have, uh, and try to blame it on certain uh, certain ethnicities, and that that can lead to other very terrible things, things that we've talked about in previous episodes. Uh, everybody, go check out our genocide episode. Right. <laughs> All the classics. Uh, all the classics right here on Cynical Empowerment. Yeah. I mean, I think even a uh, famous TV star Trevor Noah had a similar experience because he grew up in South Africa. And I believe his parents had to live separately, and he could only see his dad at certain times, and you know couldn't own up to who his actual parents were, and they had to have a special pass to visit and all this hoopla garbage because uh, I think essentially how they broke up the population is they had separate categories. You had your whites, you had your blacks, you had your coloreds, and then you had, I guess, Asians or Indians. Indians, maybe, I think, was like the fourth one. 
And so basically, uh, once these like policies and laws started getting in, uh, set in motion, you had, you know, families that maybe because, you know, as we said earlier, Europeans had been there for hundreds of years. Uh, so these mixed race families and then the government came along and was like, uh, 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 we're, we're, we're separating everybody up. We're, they're essentially going to put each different race that isn't white on its own, uh, little ordinance piece of land made these separate little reserves for each of the different races be like oh well you're a black you know man and a white woman and so like one of your kids darker than the other so he's gonna get uh he's gonna be black and then yeah your other kids colored so you gotta split up the entire family because of this and just super fucked up apparently i read about this rule called the pencil rule and if they couldn't decide whether or not you were black or colored what they would do is they would take a pencil put it in your hair and if the hair is stuck because you're, you know, you're, uh, you know, let's say you're black because you, your hair is thicker or whatever. And then if the, the, the pencil didn't stay and it like fell down, be like, oh, you're colored. And so really, really good science there. Really, really good science. <laughs> it, it, it's fail proof. Yeah, I could definitely see that working. <laughs> Speaking of science, uh, scientific racism has been the basis uh, based reasoning for a lot of these institutionalized laws that uh, you know served exclusively certain races. In fact, the the origins root themselves all the way back to the Greek philosopher Plato. Fucking piece of shit. Well, no, no, no. I like Plato. I, I like oh. Plato a lot. But I mean, you 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 have a basis, and that basis starts with the categorization of human beings. Uh, but all he did was put inanimate objects at the bottom and deities in the top. And then over the course of time, people have uh, you know, separated themselves by varying qualities and, and certain variables uh, into these, these – uh, I don't know. They're, they're, they're fairly ill-defined for the most part. Um, and even though you have a modern understanding – uh, of how humans can be very similar in nature, you still have a lot of people, even in the modern day, that are supposing that human beings have, uh, you know, uh, different uh, starting points. Uh, I, I believe that there's a particular term for it. Uh, I want to say it's called like um, uh, racism. It's the word racism. Oh yeah, it, it is essentially that word. racism. I mean, for for, for <laughs> a better word, it, it is essentially racism. Like it. If you don't think that everyone is tied to a single common ancestor, then you believe that you know people are going to have developed in certain different routes. Maybe some people are more technically evolved than others, yeah. uh, and that that leads to uh, you know the development of uh, governmental hierarchies and whatnot. You don't want that. That's not good for anybody. It doesn't make anybody happy, and it's certainly good, not fair. good for the people on the top. It is good for the people on the top. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that, that, that's something that uh, – it's an interesting thing to bring up. So without necessarily saying uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt, like obviously these people are being good for voting in favor of abolishing apartheid even though – Apartheid would technically benefit them as white people. Uh, mm -hmm. How do you justify that type of logic, even though you know that your child is going to grow up with certain uh, – what's the word? Benefits that other people are not getting? 
I mean, like it, well, it takes kind of like a selfless parent to do something like that, right? It's true. And uh, whether or not you think uh, in the face of oppression, uh, violence is appropriate or not, uh, things were getting pretty heated and pretty violent uh, near the end uh, of apartheid. Like things were pretty much at their worst when apartheid ended. It wasn't like things were like slowly going to kumbaya, like happy land. And it's like, oh, this is obviously the next logical step. It was more like South Africa became a police state. People were oppressed so heavily they had nothing to lose. And uh, the violence finally started spreading to the white uh, areas of town. So then the whites were like, oh, maybe we should stop this. So uh, the degree of selflessness, I'm not for certain. I mean, I'm sure there were uh, whites that were like, yeah, this is selfless. Yeah, let's, you know, everyone deserves an equal chance, an equal share, right? But uh, I don't know. I'm skeptical. But by and large, you think a lot of these things occurred because of the the violence and just the dramatic fashion in which this was was overthrown. Yeah, because uh, I don't know. I mean, do we already want to start talking about like how it ended, uh, we, or we can just like some forward and some backward? I don't. I don't really. I don't know if we need to stay chronological. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's I, important. Maybe it's not. I. I was. I. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair we can do whatever you want uh we can we can try to go front to back if you like oh yeah that's the only way i wipe baby yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. front to back i don't want to get no poop on my balls baby mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah that's a good idea <laughs> it's a good idea man you get all crusty and nasty that's bad yeah you don't yeah you don't want it you don't want it yeah Anyways, enough, enough, enough about that talk. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so basically, you had these armored vehicles driving around in. Um, um, I know they don't use the term reserve uh, over there. Uh, settlements. I think settlements is like the word they use. Like, oh, there's our settlements. Uh, yeah, each yeah, race gets to live independently uh, with themselves the way they like it. Ghettos, concentration camps. Those are my preferred. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And apparently, when I was doing research for this, I didn't even know this, uh, Israel helped finagle South Africa to getting some nukes, which I don't completely understand. They're like, hey, we we also have our uh, own version of apartheid over here at the Palestinians. You know what? You're doing such a great job. How about we give you some nukes so you guys can... Keep living independently. We like we, thumbs up from Israel. Well, the rest of the world, like even the United States, that still has like Jim Crow laws and shit like that, is just like no, it's bad. Yep, you know what they say. Don't about, do it. What about them violence when people start putting up the dukes? You go and grab the nukes and yeah. you fucking blow up the opponents. I guess I don't know. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, oh, now we have to respect South Africa and their racist agenda because they have nuclear weapons. Like, I just don't get it. (laughs) We are on their side. Well, and also, for the longest time, uh, the Western world uh, supported uh, South Africa and their fucked up agenda because, you know, after World War II, we went pretty much straight into the Cold War. 
And it was seen by the West of like, okay, we have two options. We either we can keep trading with these schmucks, even though we don't like what they're doing. It's very bad. We don't like it. But we got to keep trading with them to keep them under, you know, the, the, the loving arm of capitalism. Or else maybe the Russians and the Chinese or whatever will be like, oh, we don't care if you treat your population like shit. We've been doing that forever. <laughs> What's new? You can be communist like us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put it under whatever kind of label we want. We're just going to have a, a some type of authoritarian government and treat all our inhabitants like shit. Yep. And apparently, uh, so they so since they're under that, that capitalistic wing, if you, I don't think there was a lot of Japanese and Chinese living in South Africa, but apparently, if you were a Japanese person living in South Africa, you were considered white. But if you were a Chinese person living in South Africa, you were considered black. Wait, what? Because the Chinese were communist, the Japanese were, you know, good old capitalist. So, and they were doing a lot of trade of Japan. That's how they're importing a lot of their electronics and other shit like that because there's a lot of industry going in japan and uh just creating stuff at the time so that's random factoid that i find fascinating so they basically look at these two ethnicities and they're like all right so which of these two groups is doing more for our economy yep. uh, the japanese who are making our little our little joysticks and our batteries and stuff uh they're giving us those things so they're going to be white because we like that that's yep that's some that's some dumb cyclical reasoning. How in the world can they get by with that? Like, uh, certainly somebody like even, even like some racist asshole that's in support, <laughs> some some national party asshole is going to be like, "Hey, wait a second, that's that does that doesn't quite add up." Like, you you need to explain that a little bit better, right? I hate non-whites with the best of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but let's explain this a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, politics are, are you know, malleable with what is, air quotes, best for you, right? Um, oh, tell me. It, it just goes to show how illogical racism is and how it's just an entire infrastructure for supporting your own means. Because essentially, this entire system was a system of indentured where they didn't, you know, they didn't have black slaves, but... Essentially, you know, blacks did all the shitty field work and they were maids and stuff in many uh, white South African homes. and Like uh, Latin Americans uh, in the United States today. For sure. Yeah, in a lot of ways, definitely. Uh, which which is very unfortunate. Uh, which, I mean, even even if it's not. So I guess the one of the worst things about apartheid is, granted, it, it was a, a form of indentured servitude. But it was it was governmentally mandated, right? Like it was it yeah. was a law. Like right, this is the way things have to be. You had to do it. Like e- even though it might have been in the back backs of a lot of people's minds, and things were still going in favor of you know whatever type of minority Dutch rule or whichever assholes were trying to to infuse this on their communities. It was it was backed up by government force and violence. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's disgusting. It's pretty fucking gross. I just vomited all over my keyboard. Oh no, that worse. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess we could do like a little tally list of like all the fucked up things they did. I mean, we already mentioned there's legal to get married to people of 
you know, of different races than your own. Because, you know, if they start mixing up, then how are you going to label people, right? You, these labels are very important to the system. Yeah, uh, like uh, Gregor Mendel. You know Gregor Mendel's pea plants? Yes. You ever heard of those? Yeah. So yes, if, that, you, if you mix the white pea plants with the red pea plants and you get pink pea plants, what are you going to do? Right. It's not a pink or a white. It's, I mean, no, damn it. I meant fucked that up. It's not a red or a white. It's a pink now. It's pink. And it's uh, up with new words to describe that type of human being, which is still going to be less than the one that you like, but mm-hmm. more than the one that you don't. And, and they, I mean, and they also, uh, how they were able to, I guess, separate and divide and conquer is they would give slightly more rights to what they labeled as uh, colored races than to black so it's like this pecking order of like well it's like i'm a colored person but you know at least i don't have it as bad as the black people and all this kind of shit count your blessings yeah yeah (laughs) and they did lots of other cool stuff like make it illegal for blacks and or i guess i should just say non-whites to uh go to university and they had schools for the non-whites but like essentially the amount of money for non-whites was like 10 cents on every dollar for whites so their schools were inadequate and didn't even have a lot of them have basic things such as uh indoor plumbing and electricity so uh and they and it just basically indoctrinated them and trained them to become indentured servants right they weren't training them to become doctors and airplane plane pilots and that kind of stuff right right they weren't training them to learn a trade or something that they could ultimately use to have a business of their own just things that they would use to serve other people and, and fill up space one thing that was really fascinating is i found a 1957 documentary where this guy i think he was american i'm not for certain he had an american accent went to south africa and was going around just like asking these basic questions to uh south african people like asking them stuff like oh do you believe that blacks are inferior to uh, whites and then you'd have these i can't do an afrikaans accent it's impossible but you'd have these dutch people that are like oh no 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 we would never say that they are inferior right but we just believe that they are less developed, you know, to no fault of their own, but they are less developed in their development than that of whites. So definitely not inferior. We would never say that. Of course not. We just want people to, you know, live separately the way that they want to because they also prefer that. <laughs> and they can develop their own way and their own path of development and this you like say development over and over again i'm not being an asshole don't look at me like no i would no of course not everyone's equal in their own way it's like whoa 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 stop what what did you add there you said everyone's equal but was it was that other part in a way what do you mean by that (laughs) what is that are you trying this is bullshit yeah it's just insane because like basically post uh, apartheid, like the entire world has like basically like Nelson Mandela be- becoming president and post-apartheid is basically the entire world's like stamp of approval. It's like, see, good things can happen. You can make like a delicious bologna, not bologna, bologna is gross, a delicious pastrami sandwich <laughs> out of like a shit sandwich. Like it's possible. We but can do it. Didn't he spend like 23 years in prison? Uh, 23 years? Uh, uh, 27. So almost three decades. 27 years in prison? Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's lame. And, he, and he's still labeled by some of these, like, Bastrom, what are, what are, what are they fucking called? The, the Backsap, the Bass, bass Cap uh, groups as, as being a terrorist. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he, he, so I think the reason why he went to prison is because he was part of one of these groups that were using violence uh, for good reason uh, against the oppressive National Party government. Mm-hmm. And But uh, obviously, for good reason, right? <laughs> well, uh, I suppose it's, it's justified. I, you can't really – I don't know. Is it possible to still engage in peaceful protests in the instance that someone has – uh, develop whatever the, the social equivalent of an apartheid is in the modern day. Like, can, can you can you get by without having any blood on your hands? Uh, I will defer to the Palestinians in Israel. Uh, I'm going to see how that's going. All right, so I have some oversight footage right now. I'm using a very high tech uh, satellite from space. Uh, there seems to be an entire group of people walled off from the rest of the people. It's like an open air prison. I don't know how they're supposed to protest over there. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I guess because that's what part of what made it successful in, in South Africa is because there was a lot of nonviolent uh, protest in, within like their settlements, right? But then all the whites that are running the show aren't seeing the sadness, right? It's like the homeless person on the street you just pretend isn't there. You just, you just keep ignoring it and not looking at it, and it's not there. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until it became an issue and was displayed uh, for everyone in the white part of town that any real change happened, right? I mean, unfortunately, you have to make the oppressors or the people in power or whatever you know verbiage you want to use, oh, you know, force it down their throats, make them aware of the situation. Which is, you know, like what you see today with people, you know, taking a knee. So all the well-to-do white people can have to think about police brutality for five seconds. Yeah, uh, then, then they get to whatever type of uh, – don't they have some type of penalty that's enforced on them if they, if they don't comply? Like don't they all have to stand up? I don't know. I Come on, cause, don't. Because Trump said so. You gotta, you gotta. Stay oh, up. yeah, you gotta do what he says. You're not allowed to. Do uh, that. You gotta respect the flag and all it stands for. Me. Well, how else are you supposed to get their attention? Exactly. Uh, I mean, the and they're not being violent. Yeah. So I mean, they're basically like it. It just annoys me that you'll have. I mean, I'm sure there's probably people that do this too in South Africa, but like in the United States, you'll have people that are like. Rosa Parks was a good uh, protester, whatever. Martin Ke- Luther King was good. It's like, but that Kaepernick guy is a piece of shit. It's like, what is he doing different that these other people are doing? I don't know. It's I don't get it. Yeah. Well, what about this Stridgedom? Stridgedom? Is, it, is it sad? how you say his name? J.G. Stridgedom? I don't know. Uh, you tell me. The... the um, he was the prime minister of South Africa from 1954 to 1958. Probably a bad dude then because that's when the bad stuff happened. Yeah, he was one of the – he was a member of the largest Boskop faction of the National Party. And he, he was responsible almost exclusively for some of the nastiest policy, policies of the apartheid. And – uh, in terms of his legacy, uh, and you know, I, I don't necessarily believe in karma, but apparently 
He had a a monument that was set up in central Pretoria, which featured his bust, and it collapsed in 2001, injuring two people. Hopefully racist. That's all we can hope for. That's all we can hope for. When, wait, when did it fall down? This is this was 2001. This is wow. well after the fact. So maybe they were yeah. they were still trying to hold on. They, they were the people yeah. just clinging on to this idea of having some kind of like white supremacist movement. And they were just like sitting there like praying over it, like throwing holy waters. I don't know. I don't know what they do. What do, what do racist people do? What uh stuff stuff they just you know their own stuff they're just like you and me <laughs> I mean they are right they're human beings they do what we do they they're just also racist uh, well how, how uh, do they become that way though like what 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 kind of reasoning gets you to that point I don't get it what part of reasoning gets people to become racist you know they have parents that are racist and spread they become racist, racist. Like, wait, where does that start they had parents that were racist his grandparents are racist they were racist too man so the the grandchildren are certainly going to be racist if they had yeah grandparents that were racist right i mean and i guess before that uh yeah <laughs> but the, where, the, where, the great where grandma was, was cool Great grandma. Yeah, she was fine. She wasn't down for all that shit. And, no. And she was trying to tell the grandparents, like, hey, don't be racist. It's not cool. Right. It's not cool. I, I tried it when I was a teenager. Uh, I th- everyone else was doing it. Yeah. Uh, but it's not as cool as it looks. Right. You'll you'll feel really dumb about you it in your later face. years that you did it. Right. Right. Yeah. When, Learn when, from me. When the, uh, the, the the National Congress comes in and, and sweeps you off your feet, you know you're not gonna like that. It's not good. Yep. You're gonna your 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 bust is gonna like fall down and like kill some of your brothers or something. Like it's not good. <laughs> yeah, not worth it. No. What else we got going on? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The bummy topic. I can't. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't find a fucking silver lining for this we shit. Su- we survive. No, we live off bummy topics. It's good. This is this is our dumb. bread and butter, Tim. Don't do this to it's me. Like dumb. It's breaking me. Like you know, Tim. We can't. Can't. We gotta stay strong for the people. We gotta stay strong for the, all the cynical people that like this bummy shit. I've talked like disease and famine, and I've talked genocide, and it's like yeah. And if this is like one of those things. Is like I just don't fucking get it. Like how do you go your entire life? You have people like, um, uh, like all like several of the mass shootings that have gone on in the last couple of years have been racially motivated. Uh, the the oh, yeah. president of the United States is is in the White House, you know, in in, in some capacity because of racist uh, sentiments. Like, wow, does right. it still exist? Like, it's uh, 2018, yeah. and this is still a problem. I guess uh, people always want to be on. I want to use some air quotes of like the winning team or whatever, right? So you want, and and we're gonna we're gonna the turn team. we're gonna turn races, different races, into teams, right? And you know, right. and it's just it's just an unfortunate result of I don't know what I don't know if it's like cooked into the human brain or what have you, but and some people buy into it, some people don't, right? Uh, better words what's interesting now is you have uh people in south africa that believe in uh reverse racism 
And so that's the thing. So what do you mean by reverse racism in particular? So so like like there are policies so, that are being implemented in order to create uh, an egalitarian society, yeah. but they think that it's in fact meant to you know demote whatever kind of hierarchy that they had established control over. Exactly, like you okay. you you put it really well. So you essentially. Uh, as so if you have a society where like you got every all the this one group everyone's doing good and then you have these other groups where everyone's doing very bad very 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 bad like living the most destitute kind of shanty shack kind of life ever right uh yeah you have and so what 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 you gotta think is so now like that wade pool of water it's got to even out some right and so in the process of it evening out I guess there is a higher percentage of whites now that are in poverty than before. But obviously through that as well, like the middle class in uh, South Africa has grown exponentially. And overall, people were doing a lot better, uh, a lot better, lots and lots better. It's a much better place to live basically on every measurable measure pretty much possible, right? (laughs) Except for like a handful of whites their quality of life has decreased. So it's like, so then I guess they're slapping a sticker of reverse racism on that, I guess. Uh, what the fuck? Probably because they're trying to sustain off of the tears and grief of their lost racially the uh, apartheid power. Like what, what yeah. the fuck is wrong with them? You know, you know what? I'm looking at it the wrong way. You know, like it sucks for those human beings too. It does. It's probably right. not because of reverse racism or any type of racism that these people are experiencing that. And if it for any reason is because of government policies that these people are experiencing that reduced quality of life, then perhaps that needs to be revisited once again. Definitely right. No, no one should have to live in poverty, right? We discussed in our last episode, poverty's bad. So even though these people are white and they're experiencing poverty, that's still bad. Yeah, uh, looking at it as teams, like I think that you know, granted, we're just like having casual conversation here, but like that isn't that kind of the problem, like because for people sure. look at this like it's some type of zero sum game to be won, and right. if as long as you can like clearly define your teams. Uh, then you can, you know, split your winnings amongst a smaller group of peoples, which I mean, I am no expert in economics, but I do know that there is a, there is a a whole sum, there's a whole pie to be won, right? Right. Exactly. If you have fewer people to split the pie with, you as an individual get more of that pie. Yep. So it, it makes sense from a very selfish piece of shit standpoint <laughs> yeah, that you exactly. want that to happen. For sure. Right. Yeah. So overall, yeah, everyone's doing better except for some whites. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. And of course, that's still sad. The government should somehow try to, you know, enact policy to make sure no one's in poverty, which I mean, I would hope would be the goal of all governments. Probably not. But, you know, we can dream uh, and hopefully, you know, things will just continue to get better for people over there. Yeah, I hope so. I, I was actually... um. I highly recommend this Netflix series for anybody that has Netflix out there. Uh, it's called Dark Tourist, uh, and it features um, – I think his name is David Ferrier, uh, okay. the documentarian. Absolutely fantastic. But in one particular episode, he actually visits 
uh, one of the the few remaining sects of uh, Boskop in South Africa. Uh, and nice. Of course, they're they're older people, so, you know, they're still clinging to the the ideas. Of, yeah, of David back in my day. Or, uh, and it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like they they happen to also be uh, like doomsday preppers. Uh, nice. They are preparing for the day that the blacks will rise again and like take out. They already rose. Well, they, they did it. Well, they'll rise violently and they'll take out the remaining uh, like Boscop naysayers of of what's going on in the present day government. Um, which I mean, hey, if you look at the South African government these days, it's not exactly hunky dory all peachy awesome fantasticness uh yeah so it's understandable that they'd want to blame that on somebody uh but of course it's it's misplaced uh and as a result it causes these people to do some absolutely ridiculous things like they go out and they they uh they'll uh have these emergency uh like bug out sessions where everybody will get all of their shit together like they have their gardens outside are like uh, uh, quick pack gardens, right? Like they can take all the food with them or they have it rigged in a certain way where they can like burn it or destroy it so that all the the uh, the whatever the people that they're racist towards can't get it and eat it. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, like, they're willing to burn their own shit like a fu- bunch of fucking idiots. Like I don't – like – you think if they have the the money to like do all this crazy doomsday stuff, because I can't imagine all that stuff can be cheap. You think they would no. just buy a fucking plane ticket to another country where they wouldn't have to live in fear if they're living in that much fear, right? Like, wouldn't that be the easier thing to do? But that's that's the that is entirely that. I think that is rule number one for nationalists, right? Like, I mean, it's in their fucking name. Like, it's the National Party, the National yeah. Party. Like, they love their land and. To be 100% honest, like if you've seen some pictures of South Africa, like there are some absolutely devastatingly beautiful uh, scenes there. So I understand why they would love their land so much. They shouldn't just love it to the degree that they're willing to try to blame somebody else for problems that might still inhabit the area. I don't know. And may- maybe it's the fact that it's too beautiful. Maybe it needs to be shared with other peoples. I don't know. I- I really have no idea. Like, I, uh, this is just a theory, right? And you can tell me if it's a crazy theory or not, but I've had this thought before, and I'm just going to run it by you, and you can, you can tell me if it's stupid or not. So I have this theory that the reason why some people are, like, afraid of other races is because, like, deep down, they realize that they fucked those races over, right? They're never going to admit it. They, they probably have some racist attitudes, right? But deep down, deep, 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 deep down in their souls, they realize, like, we fucked that other race over. We fucked them over hard. Yeah. Like, that was fucked up. We That was horrible, right? And so, like, much like these doomsday preppers, I think even people in the United States are like this. They have a fear of the other race because they know that if they did something fucked up to them, on some level they would be justified in fucking their shit up because... Of the fucked up shit their ancestors did, sure. and I think that it, that like could be a source of like fear of it's not just like you know seeing violent black people on TV or whatever stuff like that, but like having the knowledge of like 
yeah, like that was some fucked up shit. Right. Yeah, I've got to come. I might deserve this. Like somebody is there. You live in fear every single day of your life, and hey, maybe that's its own punishment. Like some of these asshole racist peoples that are in some way, shape, or form guilty or feeling nervous that there's going to be some kind of uh, minority that's going to break into their house and uh, rape all their female family members and then like kill them in some type of terribly violent, uh, painful fashion. And then eat their vegetables! And then eat their vegetables! And feed their compatriots so that they can go and take over the next neighbor's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah. hey, maybe that's... Maybe that kind of terrifying, uh, paranoid uh, existence is enough of a punishment in a way. Like, what if, what if it just tortures them day in and day out? Right. They're just living every day of their life, like looking over their shoulder, like, oh, God. Yeah. And the people who are the most racist are the people who, you know, are, are most guilty for doing this terrible thing. You know, maybe they're the ones that experience that the most or think that they're out to get them the most, as long as they never act on it. I don't really what, see any problem with that. I feel like we had a similar situation with the last episode. Like, well, maybe we should pity rich people. In this episode, it's like, well, maybe we should pity racist hey, people. Yeah, it's the it's the silver lining. Yeah, pity. We people. should feel bad for them. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I do kind of feel bad for them, though. I mean, like, hey, let's yeah, let's real talk. Like, real talk. I feel bad for racist people because they're ignorant, mm-hmm. like, and I feel bad for all idiots. Like, I, I don't want them to be idiotic, and it yeah. sucks that, you know, they think they're right, and it sucks that they are enacting policies that are disrupting the quality of life of other human beings that mm-hmm. have every right to be just as happy and just as joy-filled as they are whenever they're, you know, smacking a black kid's hot dog out of their hands or something. I don't know. Right. Uh, it's just not – I don't know. It's yeah. sad. It, I, I wish that people were were better educated, myself included. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not outside of that group of people, uh, and I've certainly been on the wrong side of many arguments. Uh, thank God I've never been on the wrong side of an apartheid, though. <laughs> right. Well, I think things were better. Got when... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like apartheid, and I think even in America, because it's not our own personal race r- relations, it's a lot easier for us to like wag our finger and be like, Mm-mm-mm, "That was bad," right? It's a lot. It's a lot harder for the, us to own up our own white guilt and acknowledge uh, all the fucked up things we've done in our historical past. People don't like to admit they were wrong. That's right. Well, because the admittance of being wrong also comes with remittance and some type of uh, uh, giving of oneself uh, in order to uh, make amends, right? Yes. And I, some bad feelings, a little shame thrown in there, a little guilt, a little embarrassment. Like uh, all of these these treaties throughout history, from uh, you know, the, from the losing side, there has to be some type of something has to be sacrificed to the winning parties, right? So if you want to look at it like a zero-sum game, like it's between uh, – and, and a lot of these racist people probably do. They're like, oh, it's a fight between like the blacks and the whites, and the blacks have taken over 
the government. So now we're going to have to make remittances and in a reverse racist fashion to the powers that now currently be. And it's like, oh, you know, you, you, you got it all wrong. It's, it's not anything like that. We're just trying to set a baseline. We're trying to get yep. to the point where more people can experience a higher quality of life. It doesn't matter what they look like. What yep. does matter is that everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Guys, if only you were like the person in charge of like Democratic campaign slogans and not the Democrats, because Jesus Christ, they have a hard time saying that. Yeah, I would just <laughs> <Everybody> get better. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, that's a good point. That was well put. Oh, thanks. All right, Tim, what's the silver lining? Oh, you got me. Gotcha. We, we always try to race to ask each other that question first because it's really difficult to answer. And, and increasingly more so because we're talking about some topics that seemingly have absolutely no silver linings whatsoever. Uh, it's easy to feel like a piece of shit for saying there's a silver lining to something awful. But, but I, I think I got one. Uh, and I think that we have it in the uh, the the heroic – um, archetype that is Nelson Mandela, right? Yep. You don't have that character that's been developed through the strife and trials and tribulations that that individual has gone through in their life in order to produce uh, the, 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 the circumstances and uh, situations that ultimately led up to uh, the direct republic that South Africa became when he was president. So I think it could be argued. I mean, like it's, it's a little bit derivative, but without apartheid, you have no Nelson, Nelson Mandela, right? Yeah. You have no one to rise to the challenge to, to show us that these types of things can be overcome, albeit slowly and still partially, but nonetheless, uh, you know, progress yeah absolutely i mean i think that's a you know it's a very uh, amazing story to see how radically a country that has was had enforced segregation so uh heavily and was such a big part of policy could dismantle it in a very short amount of time while also electing a african leader for their country and it just goes to show how dumb these doomsday call people are the fact that, you know, Nelson Mandela, like of all the people that had like a reason to be mad, right? Like he lost 27 years of his life being stuck in a fucking cell. If like the black populace of South Africa were going to like rise up and destroy the white populace, like that would have been when, right? When this person that you claimed was like a leader of a terrorist organization becomes like the president, like that, that would have been when... <laughs> This would have happened. Uh, no, you get it, peace. <laughs> but it didn't. He just wanted peace and, you know, the shed grace on uh, all people of South Africa and to make it a place that everyone uh, would want to live. So and I, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm bitching out by just going with uh, what you said. But I mean, I think that's <laughs> pretty much the, the most obvious silver lining of silver linings. I think and, so, yeah. And just like the overall story as well, just to like see how a place could be so, I don't know, segregated and uh, be able to reform from that. It's just, 
it's encouraging for you know for any country that's struggling with similar issues you, you know that deep down that things can change and hopefully uh, will change for the better here here hell yeah man yes oh well that being said jimmy is anything yep is anything making you sad thinking Be honest here. This is a, this is a time that you can just you can cut loose. You can tell me about all the things that are making you sad, all the the terrible things of the world. Okay, this is what makes me sad. This, uh, so I do a very small amount of stand up. Like uh, compared to anyone that considers themselves a comedian, they're they're like going out multiple times a week practicing. I do stand up like maybe once a month of that. And so what happened is the guy that was running the uh, the comedy club here in Louisville, you know, very prestigious, you know, Louisville, uh, known around the world for its comedy. Uh, so there was a guy that was running it, and I worked myself up to getting five minutes, which, you know, five minutes is a lot of time and also not a lot of time. Uh, and up from three minutes. But now a new person runs it, and they pushed me back down to three minutes, and they haven't pushed me back up to five minutes yet. And, you know, I don't know if I'm sad or frustrated uh, about having two less minutes of time, but it bums me out a little bit. Mm. Sorry, Jimmy. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's a it's a new person, so maybe they're a little bit a little bit hesitant. Maybe they haven't for sure your, your fantastic comedies yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they said I did a good job the last time I was there. Uh, but there was this weird distinction they put in the email of like, Oh, paid comics will get five minutes. Unpaid comics will get three minutes. Like, the idea that it made me sound like as if if you're a comedian going around making money, performing for money, that you would get more time than some lowly schmuck off the street that just wanted some stage time. So I don't fucking know. Fuck me, man. I don't know. Anyways, maybe I'll get five minutes one day. Well, if I was a... you know, if I did my job for 10 minutes versus five hours, I would expect to get paid less. <laughs> so there's there's probably something. <laughs> wait, what? I'm, would, wait, I'm trying to. Wait. I would rather. So if I wasn't getting paid, I would rather do yeah. less things. Oh, you're saying that I, sh- since I am not getting paid, I should want to do less. Yeah, but like for doing like a set, like. Like, I am a long-winded piece of fuck, as anyone that listens to this podcast knows. And if I try to tell, like, one story, it'll take me, like, a good five fucking minutes sometimes, even though maybe if I was good at telling stories, I would know how to tell it in three, which is maybe why I only have three minutes. I don't know. (laughs) Fuck me. Uh, I don't know. Whatever, dude. You're fine. Everybody, do you have your uh, do you have your stand up on your on your Facebook page? Yeah, I got a few videos on the old Facebooks. I got like three on there, I think. Well, go check them out, everybody. Go look at Jimmy's oh, Facebook. Page. I don't know if they're public or not. <laughs> and if, if they if it is public, then everything on my shit's public, and then we'll see like some really shitty like political posts from like four years ago, and nice. who knows what. Uh, maybe check him out. My name's Jimmy Horn. Maybe, maybe check him out. I actually just realized, and hey, I could, I could say that this is my sad thing. I just realized not too long ago that a lot of my information on Facebook was public, and that I had like 
listed my my religion is like Levian Satanism, and, <laughs> and you know that I, that I was like a, a fucking libertarian, you know, like a bunch of shit like that. Yeah, and uh, I was like, oh my god, like how did I get employed? Like, how did people, I get a job? Yeah, like it was, I, I was just like joking around. Nobody's gonna look at this stuff, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it makes me respect my employers even more because they're like, you know what? Even though he sacrifices babies, he's a hard worker. You know, we like him. he's he's our baby sacrificer. You know, we love him anyways. Well, I mean, I don't. I mean, if we're gonna be like all technical. They're not supposed to discriminate based off that, but they do, right? If they got, if they can choose between like a baby sacrificer and a non-baby sacrificer, they're gonna go, they're gonna with, go the with the non-baby sacrificer. sacrificer. Oh yeah, plus maternity leave. <laughs> right. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that leads me to so many other things. Yay, more sadness. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> Stick woo, around woo. next time for when we talk about shitty maternity leave rules. Woo, woo. Maybe. Oh, man. I'm, I'm down. It'd be less sad than anything we've talked about recently. Yeah. I mean, I guess for us as white men, maybe as a woman, yeah, it's very it's... sad, and I'm being a complete dick face right now that's true never something that i'm gonna have to necessarily be sad about although paternity leave is uh something that i think a progressive community like ours could warm up to and that i would certainly like to have paternity leave if in the event i ever had a child yeah yeah maybe that's where the empathy issue comes from in america that we just like don't look at our babies when they're born because we have to go back to work yeah but i don't know i don't know that's right and then they grow up to be racist fucks <laughs> yeah because they never saw the face of their parents looking at them lovingly they were like oh, i hate everybody especially exactly. other people that look different i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know either well it's uh <laughs> If you like those comments and more, make sure to send us a comment at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. That's right. Where we would love to hear from you. Uh, you may, you, you'd be a part of a listener response episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts, concerns, questions, disparaging remarks. Those are all great. Uh, you can also like us on our Facebook page at Cynic Empowerment and uh, send us messages through there. We'd love to hear from you, no matter what you have to say. No matter what. Even if you're, uh, oh, I already forgot what they're called. What were, like, the racist assholes from South Africa that had, like, the doomsday cult people? The Bozcop? What they called. Even if you're a Bozcot cop, Bozcop yeah. cop, we, Boz we'd love to cop. get an email and hear why you're one of those. Piece of shit. <laughs> Piece of shit. Yeah, so, uh, I guess, uh, everybody just try to keep your head up and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, segregation is bad and stuff. Catch you next time. Don't segregate us from happiness. <laughs>